Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. yourselves put your hands together for great total recall t-shirt right up front how are i didn't mean I, it seems like i you got a little bit nervous when i talked to you but i'm sorry you're wearing an excellent t-shirt so i don't know is that from the what is that the ridge or the it's from the new yeah it's a reboot shirt why wouldn't you don't be embarrassed of that that's cool yeah that's actually cooler who who has that you know what I mean? Like a ridge show we call. It's like, no, nah, I can see that. They'd sell that at Urban Outfitters or whatever. That movie, you know, uh, were you in that movie or did you work in that film? Or Yeah, that tanked pretty hard. So, <laughs> so like the fact that you're that shirt, it's like the one probably. They just were like, ah, this is our whole promotional budget. We just made this shirt. Do you know anybody that's like about this size? And then uh, they threw it on the ground. You found it. And then you wore it tonight to here. Did you buy that or did you get it like from a present? You got it from Comic-Con. Did, was it, did, did you, for free or for bu- buying it? For free, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That's cool. How was com? Oh, I'm Cameron Esposito. Hello. Hello. We got an amazing show tonight. We're here every Tuesday, and you guys are wonderful, and I love, and I, and it's nice to see you. And I love, nice to see you. It's great to be here. I'm doing. Uh, well, my pants feel tight, so I'm putting one leg up, just to kind of ease the crotch, not get it so much in, you know. Who cares? Who cares if it goes in there? Who cares? You know what's under there. Who gives a shit? I have a vagina. And it's the first time I've said it on stage, but now that I've said it, I'll probably say it every time. Up until this point, I kind of left it hazy. You know, as a female comic, you can't really bring that up. You know what I mean? Because dudes are like, this is my dick! And you're like, we have nothing! Um, <laughs> I always love to go up uh, right after a guy uses the microphone as his, as his ween. Because you can do that, as you know. And the way that I'm holding my hand shows you I have no idea what it is. Is the penis flat? <laughs> It's the shape of a Pop-Tart. In my imagination. It's like a Pop-Tart or two side-by-side fruit-by-the-foots. Unrolled! Why would they wouldn't be rolled? Unrolled. Jesus. Yeah, it's like that size. Um, yeah, then a dude will be like, oh, this is my, you know, and then you have to put it right uh, near my mouth. If I go up after that guy. If he used the microphone instead of his hand to show his uh, penis <laughs> to us, the audience that paid to see his penis. <laughs> it's nice. How was Comic Con? Was it? I've never been, which is 
ridiculous. If you knew anything about me, he would be like, you're kidding me. And I'd say, no, truly. Um, how's Comic-Con? Is it pretty excellent? Should I make the choice? I feel like I'm waiting until they'll pay me to go. How, what do you guys think? Years, number of years. I want a, a general number of years. Yeah, I'm an up-and-coming comic now, but like... Um, already best of LA in several publications and taco stands. At least two or three taco stands that I go to, all of which are Taco Bells, are like, yeah, do you, what do you kind of sauce do you want with that, you big old up and coming comic? They always say, and I go, fire and mild. Um, yeah. So I think it's just, I think it's within reach. I gotta get in a, thank you, that guy believes in me. Yeah, fuck yeah. That, just, just a blend, but yes, you're, you're right there, Cameron. You're on the cusp of, uh, do you think I'm going to be in a... What's going to ha- How's it going to work out? Will I be, like, a, in, in, an industry insider at that point? Like, I'll have made several films. This is, like, within two years. How long does it take to make a film? <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, within two years, I can not only write something, get people attached to it. Now, you'll notice how realistic this is, because I use the word attached. <laughs> which is Hollywood jargon for, hey, they sign a thing, or don't sign a thing, who cares, you put a press release out. (laughs) Do you guys know that they are gonna, in Terminator 5, which I still have hope for, T4 was a mistake. We all agree it was the worst. Too dark. Didn't fit. T3? I'm into it. Not a lot of people here even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> T5? I don't know if you guys know this, but casting rumor alert! Maybe the Khaleesi will be playing Sarah Connor. <laughs> oh my god, I have no idea what her name is. Who gives a shit? I bet she has a vagina too. I know anything about her. Um, that's what the two of us have in common. We both got, we've got the only two in Hollywood, and we use them. We do use them, not together, separately at our houses, but while thinking of each other, I assume she thinks of me. But the Khaleesi would be great for that role, wouldn't she? She's got, well, listen, hey, I don't, I mean, her arms are. But you can beef that up, no problem. Uh, but she's great, you know, with dragons and stuff. Now, there aren't dragons in the Terminator saga yet. But T5 could be kind of a different branch, you know what I mean? Like a, like a, like a drag, you know, like a dragon robot thing. It takes place after the whole thing has been solved. Where like, like oh, these, like, these robots are gonna help us, fuck. They're going to kill us. You know, after all that's been kind of cycled through, the bombs came down, didn't come down, came down, didn't come, you know, the whole sort of a wishy-washy time situation. Your dad's is your same age. You know what I mean? <laughs> at one point in time, but time's a, not a circle so much as all happening at once. This is just, I'm talking, this is string theory. I'm just talking about theories of time. <laughs> If every moment happens at once, your dad is your same age, which is how he was able to impregnate your mom. Um, and uh, so this is the plot for Terminator 5. 
is like all that's been solved, but then somebody's like, what about robot dragons? And then everybody's like, we don't even need those. Those other guys made sense. They were soldiers. They did work. Why would we have these robot dragons? And then they're like, well, kids' attention spans are hard to get the attention of, is what they would say. That's the pitch, I think, that would happen in the meeting. And then they give these little robot dragons, and then, so there's the crossover. And I'm not against Khal Drogo being in it as himself. Like, sort of a crossover. Like, she's Sarah Connor, but then there's, like, a horse warrior. Just to support her. Like, I don't think he saves the day. I think she's on the front of that horse, and then he's just, oh, on the back. Which brings me to my conclusion. The new Kanye West video. Has anybody seen it? It debuted on The Ellen Show. As you guys know, Ellen is... uh, one step in a, in, a, in a string theory of time. Ellen and I are the same age. And uh, she, she debuted the Kanye West new video on her television show. And in the video, Kim Kardashian is topless, which I'm like, why is Kanye wearing a shirt? If Kim is topless, doesn't he? Hey, Kanye, if you're listening to this podcast, because that's right, we also put the show out as podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, you should take your shirt off. That's how it works in the business. Justin Bieber takes his shirt off. Uh, LL Cool J used to when he had that kind of career and body. Patrick Swayze, that's 90% of his movies, him taking his shirt off. So I don't know why he's leaving his shirt on, putting his wife out there on a bike. Also, they're on a motorcycle. She's sitting in front of him, and then she's facing him, and they're kissing, and they're riding a motorcycle. Now listen, I know that much like the recent Jean-Claude Van Damme Volvo truck commercial, this didn't really happen. Kanye wasn't really driving a motorcycle with Kim in front of it, but couldn't you make it look more realistic? Because anybody here that's as into motorcycle safety as I am knows that you would never put a woman directly in front of you, facing you, unless she's turned around with a shotgun shooting Terminators. (laughs) Thank you so much. We have an amazing show, and I'm so excited this comic can be with us. He has done the show in San Francisco when we brought it up there, but he is visiting LA uh, LA right now, and we're so happy to have him. Let's hear right now for Mr. Nato Green, guys. Give it up for Nato. Hi. My name is Nato Green. I have a Google alert set up on my name so that I get emails when people are talking about me on the internet. Uh, That's not the funny part. Uh, I get emails that say things like, Nato Green doing a comedy show and Zionist Arab League gives U.S. Nato green light (laughs) to intervene in Syria. So... That's my email. Um, I, I have children. Uh, I realize that you all do not have children and you, that you don't like children. Uh, you're out on Tuesday, you don't like children. Or you have children and you're here because you're avoiding them and you're a bad parent. Um, I understand. It's fair. No one likes children. Uh, children are a lot like Christianity or free jazz, much better in theory.
I, uh, it's not, I like kids, it's other parents that I have a hard time with. Like, I'm on a, p- a parenting circuit now that I have to deal with other parents, and people just have kids, and then they give up on having interesting conversations. And so, like, I go to these events, and there are other parents who are like, Does your kid like apples? My kid likes apples. And I'm like, Oh, is there a follow up question to that? Does, what does that mean to you, you know? Uh, and then be like, Does your kid get sleepy? My kid gets sleepy. No. Uh, I don't know why. In my head, for that joke, other parents sound like Cookie Monster doing an impression of Mitch Hedberg, uh, but they do. So uh, I I have twins. Um, I don't want, want your pity. Uh, I we didn't want to find out the gender before they were born. Uh, we wanted to be surprised. People kept asking us. They'd be like, "Nato, what are you having? Jews, uh, or I'll be pissed." They were like, no, 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 Nato, what gender of baby are you having? And I go, motherfuckers, I am from San Francisco. They get to pick. <laughs> no gender till college. It's the rule in my house. So, but now that, I, like, when you have twins, people always want to tell, me, tell you how much work it is to have, oh, twins, how's not sleeping? Fuck you. <laughs> So, but now my, my kids have reached the age where they've started asking me hard questions a lot. Like, they'll go, like, uh, uh, recently one of them said, Daddy, why is it that kids like to run everywhere, but grown-ups go slow? Uh, well, honey, you will find that as you get older, growing up is all about resigning yourself to unending disappointment. <laughs> and you need to pace yourself. Does that, does that answer it? Another time one of them said, Daddy, I'm afraid that you're going to die first. And I was like, Honey, I'm planning to die first. If I do a great job as a father and all of this goes according to plan, I'm going to die first and it's going to be one of the worst days of your life. And I'm working hard now so that that can happen. If you didn't enjoy that joke, uh, it is because you just realized that you will be relieved when your parents die. Uh, did, I, did I go too far? Was that too? Was that too much? So uh, I let's let's review what we know about the country. I've traveled all around the country, and the country is incredibly politically divided. So let's recap, shall we? Uh, the electoral base of the Democratic Party is people of color and women and young people. And the electoral base of the Republican Party is old people, white people, and rural people. Close your eyes for a moment and imagine those two groups as a party. Which party would you rather go to? (laughs) The party over here that has dancing and good music and spicy food and you can get laid? (laughs) Or the party over here that has an incredible selection of hard candies? And smells like vinegar for some reason. (laughs) So uh, the right wing is defined, like their whole ideology is about hating the government. That's what they say all the time. Like, we need less government. We need to get the government out of people's lives. And for people who spend so much time talking about how much they hate the government, they put a lot of energy into being involved with the government. (laughs) And that is not a sign of mental health to devote your life to things that you hate. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't like camping, but you don't find me at REI shouting at people. Like, fuck your sleeping bags. Well, why are you here? I don't know. I'm pretty confused. I think I need a power bar. So, like, like the, the other side is intense, and, and we need to realize that because they are out there preparing for war. Do you understand? Like, we're in our little urban bubbles here, but out there in the heartland, in the towns of incest and not reading America, they are learning how to shoot machine guns and live on eating ants, and we are not ready for that shit. Do you understand what I'm saying? They are preparing for war. We are preparing for brunch. Do you see the <laughs> distinction I'm trying to draw for you? We are not going to be able to defend freedom and democracy and tolerance with sun salutations when they come marching into the cities uh, with their burning torches and Uzis coming to get us. We can't be like, hang on, we need to limber up. Uh, Warrior One is not an actual combat position. For the podcast audience, that was a perfect Warrior One act out. So I, uh, like, before, I'm, in addition to being a comedian, like, I'm a big old activist kind of guy. I've been arrested for protesting a lot. Uh, I got arrested for protesting on the first day of the Iraq War uh, in San Francisco. There were about 3,000 of us that went downtown and block streets. And uh, you can probably tell by looking at me, I am a bit husky for a protester. Uh, the other protesters were these little malnourished vegan anarchist kids, kind of your, pro- your pocket protesters, if you will. Uh, <laughs> And so we go down, and you link arms, and you go limp, right, to make it harder for the police to drag you out. And so the police were just clearing those kids out like they were sorting laundry, just... (laughs) And they got to me, and they pulled on me, and I didn't move. And then they got some more cops around, and they pulled on me, and I didn't move. And then one of them took my hand, and he said, if you don't walk out of here, we're going to break your wrist. And then he started to break my wrist. If there is no other benefit to being white, it is that the police tell you before they break your wrist. (laughs) You get like a 30-second head start. So I walked out of there because I have principles, but not if there are consequences. (laughs) Thanks a lot, everybody. I'm Nato Green. Guys, Nato, one more time for Nato. He is awesome. And hey, speaking of -of out-of-towners, this next comic isn't from New York, but he does the show a lot. Whenever he's in town, we love him. Let's hear right now from Mr. Mike Kaplan, guys. Give it up for Mike. Thanks, everybody. I hugged Cameron because NATO hugged Cameron. And if I just shook Cameron's hand, then you'd be like, well, I guess he's not as good friends with Cameron. I don't want you guys thinking that. And uh, people listening at home, now just know that I'm going to hug every host on every show from now on. Regardless, I think it's because she's a woman that uh, it's it's easier, it's more, it's friendlier, it's acceptable, it's it's societally. I'm gonna hug men from now on. Is what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. And they're gonna say that because touching people feels good, regardless. And uh, and look, men make women feel uncomfortable all the time. I'm gonna start making men feel uncomfortable. That's we deserve it. We deserve both, you know, the positive benefits from touching and being uncomfortable. Uh, that's, uh, NATO was actually on my podcast uh, today, and he told, this, he, t- he, said, he told 
he told me that he had the joke about get. He's like, I have a joke where I talk about a police officer saying that he would break my wrist, and I was like, it's interesting. Because I was like, oh, and is that joke is that real? Because if you could just have, you could you could have a joke about it, and it could not be real, but it it is real. <laughs> I don't know if you guys. I mean, I believe him. So. I guess my question is, I know we have the camera and we have the choice to have our set be included on the podcast, or could it be just like part of the set be on the podcast? Because I only want that part. <laughs> the part where I thought something would be a fun thing to do and say, but then after I was like, well, I guess it wasn't fun. Uh, it's weird when you're like, I'm going to have fun. And then you do the thing that you think is going to be fun, and you're like, well, I guess I'm not always right about everything. <laughs> and that's fine. I don't have to be right about everything, but I... I mean, this is a... I've been doing this job for, I think, over 10,000 hours, so I thought I was an expert. Uh, I've been myself for many more hours. I thought I'm an expert on myself. I guess I'm just... It's you guys are the wild card. You guys aren't experts on myself, so... <laughs> I just like the podcast to be different every time. I don't want to say things that are, you know, polished and planned and good. Uh, <laughs> what kind of comedy is that to enjoy? The, the very adjectives that I just said? Fair. So, uh, I... Oh, was it when everybody heard NATO say uh, hard candies, did, he, did anybody think... Hard candies, nuts. Did anyone think that? I'm, okay, nobody answered. Good. Uh, here's my impression of uh, Lance Armstrong. Dis nut. Okay, uh, that's, that's fun. Cameron talked a lot about T uh, two or T five, T I eighty two. That's the <laughs> that's the eighty second imaginary Terminator movie. <laughs> I like that in the first movie they have the T-800. I hope that they make like seven, almost 800, 796 more movies so that T-800 will be the name of a movie. In that movie they'll have like the T-Google million, you know. Or that T-2 should just be, instead of the movie name, an example of a Terminator. Just like a very, like if the T-800 is one, it's a badass one. T-2, that's like a turtle, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> much less advanced. Uh, so, okay, now for some comedy. I, uh... <laughs> NATO has children. I don't want children, let me finish, to exist at all. And, uh... <laughs> if you ever were a child, I wish you stopped. Uh... And you did. You got... You st probably stopped being... Maybe some of you are. Uh, children are allowed to listen to this, probably. I don't know. If you're listening, just grow quick before... <laughs> before I get my wish. Uh... <laughs> I, uh, my girlfriend doesn't want children, and that's a, a good matchup, right? When your mating call is, I don't want a mate, you know? That's, uh, do you guys remember that song? I don't want a mate, for our lives will be over. That's, I appreciate that some people are enjoying it, laughing and clapping, and the rest of you are probably leading more fulfilling lives, I'm not sure. Uh, but that's from, uh, God doesn't give us any more that we can handle. 
and some people can't handle as much Dawson's Creek as other people. Uh, <laughs> Dawson's Creek is on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you know what's not on Netflix? That song, the theme song to Dawson's Creek. Do you know why? Because they don't have the rights. Because that song is worth way more than the rest of Dawson's Creek. That's true. Uh... They don't use that. The song, the most valuable part of the show is where nobody's talking or acting or doing anything relevant to the creek. Uh, it's the, so what song do they use? doesn't matter. Any song. Dawson in charge of our days, that one, or... Uh, so no one told you creeks were gonna be this way. Or, Thank you for being Dawson. Travel around the creek, that one, or Dawson's Creek. Or I feel like you guys get the joke, but I'm gonna do it for a few more minutes. And Dawson's Creek, Dawson's Creek, friendly neighborhood, Dawson's Creek. It's a creek and it's Dawson's. It's a radioactive creek. Look out! It's a poison creek. Okay, so oh wait, in West near where Dawson lives, born and raised. That's a. That one's my favorite, probably. Uh, Manamana, do do to Dawson. All right. Uh, down to Fraggle Creek, rock Dawson. Okay. Uh, anybody? Any, am I missing any? Any major theme songs? Feel free to yell out your favorite, and I'll do. I'll do. A, I'll Dawson it up. The OC. The OC. Uh, nope. Uh, oh wait, 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 wait. Oh no. I was about to sing, like, California, Here I Come, because I think that's the closest. I know that California, the word California is involved. I, uh, Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons. Uh, nope, don't know that one either. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Where everybody has a creek. Nope, just Dawson. Okay. Uh, any, any others? And then we'll, we'll close out with a real. Scrubs. Ooh. Mm, I'm no guy with a creek. Hold on, hold on. I don't have a creek. Okay. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Thanks a lot, everybody. My name is Mike Kaplan. Enjoy your lives until death. Mike Kaplan, guys. Mike Kaplan. Oh, I didn't mean, like, for copyright issues. If you just heard me, I meant, like... That was amazing. Oh, that, yeah, no, I thought that's what you meant. No, fuck copyright issues. <laughs> no, I want to I wanna put that on the podcast, because that was really great. Holy shit, Mike Kaplan, I didn't even... And he knows a lot of TV theme songs, also, <laughs> is the other thing I'd say about him. Very funny. Still a vegan? Yeah. Vegan for a, how, many, how long now? Uh, 11 years. 11 years. And still the memory on him, you know? <laughs> Without any, you know, kind of protein that can convert into, you know, brains. Um. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. Being uh, is awesome. It's awesome. I'm a vegetarian uh, for a couple of months with one steak in the middle. And um, the thing about that one steak is you, like, you're like, ah, oh, steak. And then you have it and you go... Oh, steak! It doesn't feel... I don't know if you guys know this about uh, the animals that you're eating, but they make your tummy sad. You just think it's the Doritos. The Doritos are fine. The Doritos are... Mike also can't eat Doritos. Uh, the cheeseless nacho chips. 
made of corn and oil are fine for you. No, they're not. Don't eat those either. You know what you should eat? Fruit. Eat fruit. You're going to feel good. Um, yeah. Are there any questions on what to eat? Just fruit or meat or Doritos? Any question? Anybody uh, have a, like, a pretty specific diet they're following right now? Anybody juicing? Are there any juice juicing here? Any juice and juice? Juicing? Now listen. I didn't say anything about Jews. I just used the word Jews. You guys got pretty nervous. I get it. It's weird because it's plural. It's like gays. That's fine. You can say gays. You can say gays. You just can't say the gays. See how it changed? I'm a fan of the gays. Shut up. So you also can't say that about the Jews. Nope, you can't. And here's the test. If you can't say it about the blacks, you definitely can't say it about anybody else. I feel like everybody get really nervous about like, like somehow, like I think maybe it's hip hop music or something. People just started worrying about like what they were saying about black people, but like not about anybody else. Like they're like, that person's a terrorist. That guy's a, I'm not even going to use the word, but it starts with an F. Hey, I don't care how many times you were called a gay homosexual man in high school. The other word for that. Not even gonna use it right now. I don't care how many times you were called that. If you are not that, shut up. Because you're an adult now. And some of us still are that. So shut up. I don't know, I just feel like there's a trend with that where it's, there's like guys being like, oh, I got called a faggot all the time in high school. And I say to that, well, I'm sorry that it was so hard for other people to think you might be me. <laughs> but I'm living that dream. So shut up. That's the test I'm trying to get off the ground. And I know that, like, as a white person, I can't really talk about this. But I think that the test is, like, if you can't say it about black people, then don't. Like, if people, are, if people were like, oh, I used to get called black all the time! I almost killed those! Like, you, you, if you, you can't say that. You know, you can't say that. You can't say, like, mm, congrats on your black marriage. You can't say that. You can't say that. I don't know, it's just like the black lifestyle I'm not into, you know what I mean? I just don't like thinking about black people having sex. <laughs> so if you can't say those things, don't say it about me. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, wonderful. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, in from New York, so happy she's on the show tonight. Let's hear it right now from Miss Abby Crutchfield. Give it up for Abby. Keep it going. She may be backstage still. Keep it going for Abby. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Feels like she's still coming out. She doesn't seem to be here. There she is. I make you wait because I need attention. What's up? People who paid $5 to see a show, <laughs> a.k.a. my friends, because you are a.k.a. broke. 
like me. Um, I didn't always do this for a living, you know? When I worked as a secretary, I lived off the money I made as a secretary. Now that I work as a comedian, I live off the money I made as a secretary. (laughs) I cherish the remaining dollars that I earned. It's funny when you don't have the money that you used to, because you think you're so smart with how frugal you are, you know? You're like, uh, I'll eat a soft pretzel and then say, and that was dinner. My friends are like, you're sad. Do you need an extra dollar? I'm like, no, no, no. It has enough calories to sustain me until the next day. You take the soft pretzel butter, you rub it on your hands because you can't afford lotion. It's canola oil. It's soothing. You go up to the counter, you take one too many napkins because you don't have any toilet paper. Save it for later. It's funny uh, not having the money that I used to have. I, um, I watch a lot of TV, and I'm trying to, like... I use TV as a guide to be fashionable. Um, and, and the problem is I, I'm a sucker for everything on infomercials. I'm wearing skinny jeans uh, because the magazines tell me to, but I don't like it. They're too tight. I like looking cute, but I miss sitting down. <laughs> You know? And, uh, and uh, since I watch TV, this is what I think. I think we all need to just be wearing pajama jeans. I literally think that. I was, I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, if everybody bought pajama jeans, they'd be a trend. And I could be comfortable. They don't know who to sell these to. Too casual for day wear, too formal for night wear. Pajama jeans, appropriate for no occasion. <laughs> From the makers of leather (laughs) bathrobes. But I want them. Because we, like, girls, we got skinny jeans, and then guys got skinny jeans. What? (laughs) So we got jeggings. Your move, gentlemen. (laughs) Let's get this whole town looking like Peter Pan. (laughs) Just needs to happen. So yeah, I want the pajama jeans. I want them. I want what the TV wants me to have. I do. It's like uh, yogurt for a snack, that's fine. But how about yogurt for dessert? Really? Oh yes, this is chocolate mousse. This yogurt is apple pie. This yogurt is creme brulee. And you're like, really? This is yogurt. Someone call MTV. I've been catfished. You fooled me, yogurt. They're like, this is Greek yogurt. Really? Greek yogurt should come in a blue and white coffee cup and have a unibrow. This is regular yogurt in a flat cup. They're like, opa, it's Greek now, buy it, please. They're like, this yogurt will make you regular. That's gross. It's not good enough that your yogurt is supposed to taste good. You can't even like, sell me on that anymore. You have to tell me that it helps me poop. They don't even try to make sense. Activia takes your yellow dots and turns them into an arrow that goes down. Thank you, Jamie Lee Curtis. I'll buy 10. She's a scientist, isn't she? 
I feel like such a sucker for it because they have to advertising just has to use a bunch of crazy different tricks to get you to buy stuff like the the empire has to continue to grow that's capitalism that's how it works and so I'm trying to like be a super sleuth when I watch infomercials like how is this gonna trick me and I learned that they put fake words in products to get you to buy them I almost bought a bottle of hand lotion because it contained hydratine a clever combination of proteins that hydrate. <laughs> At the checkout, I asked if I could pay with Nash. My own clever combination of cash made of napkins. <laughs> I can spare some. I'm, uh, I'm from New York right now. I'm on the road. I miss my bulldog, my English bulldog. Uh, I rescued him. Hold your applause. My friends are like, you rescued an English bulldog. Everybody wants that dog. You should have rescued a pit bull. The shelters are full of them. Yeah, I don't know. I think pit bulls are a fickle creature, you know? Yes, they are naturally loyal and affectionate, but if you starve them and you cut their ears off, they turn on you. <laughs> like that. English bulldog, was he expensive? Oh, yeah. You got to buy the top hat, the tuxedo, the monocle. <laughs> Dogs are wearing clothes now. They're more expensive than ours. I like my dog. He's, uh, he's, he's weird looking. He doesn't fit in with the other dogs. Other dogs are intimidated by him, and I kind of felt that way growing up. I'm mixed. It's cool now, but like growing up in Indiana, I always felt like I was on display. Step right up and meet the woman of the future. <laughs> she's black and she's white. She says, excuse me when she slam dunks. <laughs> Don't get too close to her, ladies and gentlemen. As you can see, when she dances, she has no rhythm. But if you point that out to her, she will cut you! <laughs> White people, after the show, you may not touch my hair. <laughs> nope. Not for free. It's $5 a grab. $5 to do this. $3 to sniff. Um, and it's funny too, like being mixed and I'll leave you guys with this cause, uh, cause I'm, you know, married to a white guy and before you think you have me figured out, oh, you like white dudes. I like dudes that proposed to me. <laughs> he was the only one asking and here we are. <laughs> and it's funny cause I'm like thinking about when I grew up being mixed and like all my identity issues, if we have a kid, it might not look like me, you know, I'm going to push a stroller down the street and like need to wear a shirt that says not the nanny. <laughs> Don't speak Spanish to this child. He only looks Latino. <laughs> but my husband is like, it's not even on his radar. We talk about baby names. We're not expecting, but we, you know, we fantasize. And he's like, how about David? And I overcompensate. I'm like, how about Barack Luther King? <laughs> and then I part my hair to look like Frederick Douglass for the rest of the day. I'm like... <laughs> Thank you. I'm Abby Crutchfield. Have a great night. Man, I'm so bummed that the people on the podcast didn't get to see your Frederick Douglass hair. Oh, you're right. We can, we can cut that part off. No, I mean, no. I want them are to we on, Are we on yeah, the air? Right oh, well, hi. Yeah, How are hey, you? I, I didn't know. So, I was using oh. my insecure, I don't know, voice, but now this is, I'm on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. you got to deepen it. I mean, yeah. especially as a woman. Yeah. To be taken seriously in, yes, this, you in do. this field. Yeah. That is the truth. You're in from New York. Uh, yeah, in from Brooklyn, actually. That's where I live. I live it and love it. Yes. And but how LA's were you been in LA? Great. Um, you know, I was here for the 
the weekend, really. I got Friday through now. Today is what? I don't know what day it is. Tuesday? I know. It's I Tuesday. Understand. We're the same. It's a what day. year That's is it? Okay. So, um, so it was like a whirlwind weekend. It's been a lot of fun, but it's been cold here lately. Oh, yeah. I have my winter coat from New York City, and I'm bundled up That's in it. That's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's like a sleeping bag. here from Chicago, I... Throughout all of my coats, because I think <laughs> exactly. I, I forgot that I would uh, travel a lot. Also, mm-hmm. that it would be cold here. Yeah, but exactly. Just like, you just picture I daylight all the time. You picture sunshine, and then the night, like the sun goes away and the night falls, and it's frigid. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's cool. It's like what ocean air or something. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, and it's also the desert thing that's going on. Ah. That's what you people, everybody forgets about LA. Is it's yeah. massively. Deserty place. Oh yeah. How often do you get to LA? I was here earlier in September with the Pink Collar Comedy Tour. Mm. I travel with three other women on a fun little comedy tour, so you guys can check us out at pinkcollarcomedytour.com. Yes. You can follow me on Twitter at Curly Comedy. I tell jokes for free there all the time. Oh my god, it's super fun. And uh, and yeah, so I come into LA anytime LA wants me to be here. <laughs> Abby Crutchfield, guys, give it up for Abby. Hey, we keep the show right on rolling this next comic first time on the show LA comic very funny man let's hear right now for Danny Solomon give it up for Danny come on alright thank you comedy fans great this is going to be great um, I was talking to a friend of mine he asked me this question it's kind of like a classic trap question he goes alright guy's got a gun to your head He's got a gun pointed right at your temple. He's saying you have to have sex with a man. Could be any man in the world. Who would it be? So I said, James Bond. All right? Not because I think James Bond is attractive. It's because I feel like he could figure out a way to get us out of that situation. Just got to take out the one guy. And then if we have sex later, it's because we choose to. I actually went to a gay wedding recently. Uh, it was on the top of a mountain in a vineyard in Sonoma. So, you know, cliche. And uh, after the ceremony, the two guys left to go get changed, and, and this relative, distant relative, came up to me, and he was drunk, and he goes, Hey, where do you think those two are off to? I bet they're going back to the shed to fuck each other. <laughs> he did like that finger in the handhole move. And, you know, obviously that guy's an idiot, but it got me thinking about my own beliefs. You know, I believe strongly in marriage equality, and I believe that if two people love each other, no matter who they are, that love should be shared under the law. But I also believe that this gesture is between a man and a woman. (laughs) It's just how I was raised. This is in the Bible, as we all know. That's dumb. I'll give you that it was dumb. I got another dumb one for you. I was, uh, I was actually talking to my girlfriend earlier. We've been, we've been seeing each other for almost two years. And uh, things are going great. We actually make love really good to each other. Here's how I know. Because during the sex, the last time that we had sex, she actually screamed out the phrase, You're the boss. Which, ladies, write that down. That is a, that is a fun thing to say to a man. Well, he's drilling you. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. Can I be honest with you guys just for a second? I feel like we're becoming a family. I just want to be really clear. I'm just not sure that I even have the qualifications to run an entire pussy. I mean, maybe like, here's what I could do. Like, night manager at a butthole. You know, start out 
with that kind of a job. Move up to VP of boob management. And then you take the big office. And by the way, ladies, that's a great nickname for your vagina, is the office. Because... Because then you can say fun stuff to people that you're sleeping with, like, you know, step into my office, or you left something in my office. (laughs) See how fun that can be. I'm glad I have a girlfriend, though, because uh, I was on OkCupid for quite a bit. A couple of years, and, and you know, OkCupid's kind of weird to me even now because one of the first things that you do when you're on OkCupid, and you guys probably know, is you have to fill out a very long and detailed survey that helps match you up with people. And the way that it works is when you're looking at somebody else's profile, it gives you a percentage of how compatible you'd be with that person. And it has three categories it has as a boyfriend, as a friend, and then does anybody know what the third category is? OkCupid people. As an enemy. What sense does that make? Why do you need to know that? Unless maybe one of the secret purposes of OkCupid is just to encourage people to hate fuck. Just like while you're, you know, it's hard to find somebody out there. So while you're waiting, have a little angry sex. And I'll be honest with you, I actually got into the spirit of it. And I I messaged a girl and went on a date with her simply because I noticed that she was 94% my enemy. I thought that'd be fun. And it all checked out on her profile, too. She, uh, she voted for Mitt Romney in 2012. She doesn't like people who drink or people who curse, which is like, fuck you, lady. Here's the kicker, though. Her favorite actor, Nicolas Cage. So here's my fantasy, or here was my fantasy. I take her out on a date. It goes super well. She asks me back to her place, and then I make love to her so good and so passionate that she realizes that everything she believes in is stupid. (laughs) Somebody feel sorry. Don't feel sorry for her. One of her answers on there was that when she finishes up grad school, she wants to become a cat doctor. You, You can't be a doctor for just cats. You have to do all the animals or none of them. It's just the way I was raised. Here's the last thing I'll talk about that. Now, I've been reading a lot of books. I'm a pretty smart dude. And uh, <laughs> science books, too. There's a theory that I read about said that time travel could be possible with nanotechnology in the next 50 years. Do you guys think that's, that's the case? That could happen? All right, a couple people. I'll tell you what, this is my theory on it. If time travel were to exist within all of our lifetimes then one of the first things we'd all want to do is send emails to our past selves, right? Warn ourselves about people that we, you know, bone that would be gross. <laughs> but then, then the first time that we all logged on to our first email account, you know, butthole at AOL.com or what have you, <laughs> butthole19. When we logged on to our first email account, shouldn't we from then on have started getting mysterious emails from the future? Here's where I blow your mind. Maybe that's what spam emails are. Right? Maybe they're just messages from ourselves from the future. And we never read them. How would we know? The only way to know is to look into them and figure it out. And you know, the thing is with that, that if you get an email from yourself from the future, how would you know? I'm sorry, I forgot that part of the joke. Let me rephrase. 
What was I just talking about? Somebody bring it up. You get an email from your past self. You open it up. Fuck. Guys, what was that joke? Time travel. How many of you guys believe in it? Thank you. Uh, when you open up your first email account, you should have from then on started getting mysterious emails from the future. I'm just going to redo this whole part. Shit. This is the worst, because it doesn't ever happen to me. It's the first time I'm here. Uh, wait, what was I just talking about? Should have gotten mysterious emails from the future. Maybe that's what spam emails are. God damn it. Why can't I remember it? It's like the only thing that I need to know is how to close the set. <sighs> Guys, look. This is a disaster. This is what we call in the business a gigantic disaster. All right, look. I'm going to do another joke. I hate myself for having to do it. Time travel. How many of you guys think that it's... Guys, thank you all very much for putting up with that. It was a great joke. First of all, you were graceful. Thank you. That was, that was graceful, thank Danny. Thank you. Uh, but we, I just came back here. We were, you were going to talk to me about it. I just figured, like, with your agreement, maybe we should just talk about it in a way where people could listen. Because this is a real moment for comics. I, this is something... It happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, this is your nightmare scenario as a comedian. Yes. You have a joke, and it's a closer, and it's a joke you do a million times. I've done it many, many times recently. If I, was, if I were to be asked which joke I might forget out of the five jokes that I had planned, that would be number five. I absolutely wouldn't forget it. I've seen you do that joke. Yeah. And, so I, and I know that you, what you're saying is that it's... And I, I shouldn't also say it happens all the time. It doesn't happen all no, the time. No, it happens every once. It does happen to every comic. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's what I mean. And, um, and you, feel, you feel like you've been kicked in the nuts and you feel like you have... You know, you have ruined your life, and you're on stage, and you're so in the middle of being on stage. While you're, while people are physically watching you have yeah. that moment, they know they. I mean, this is everybody's fear who just watches stand up. They're yes. like, ugh, that's why I don't do it because right. you go, you go up there, and you're just all alone with your microphone, <laughs> and you're uncomfortable in front of a bunch of people, and that was a real emotion. Being like, I am forgetting this joke, and not only am I forgetting it and trying to stall, but I'm not going to remember it. Not in the next you minute and a half. You said the alone part right there because I do think that what's great about stand up is like when it's going well, you feel like you're connected to everybody in the room. Yeah, you feel like you're as big as the entire audience, and you feel like they're all like inside of your. You know, it's yeah. like it's like this. Feeling they're on like your wavelength. Yeah, we're all in it together. And the moment something that happens that's that uh, show stopping for you, yeah. it's like suddenly. It's Nobody's like on your side. Yeah. You're alone. Yeah. And like that's that's the comics feeling in that yeah. moment. I was standing in like when I when I had to when immediately when I started stalling, which like there were we were t I was talking about it with somebody just a second ago about how like you're trying to 
sort of say just a couple of words because you think, oh, this is just going to take a couple of seconds until I jump back on, on board this train. And then when that couple of seconds elapsed and I was just saying words over and over again, I was like, open the email and then the email opens and you open it up yeah. and then you, and then I was like, nope, it's not coming to me. So I immediately like had to be like, okay. You know uh, what I love that you did though? I love that you just ended. Like I love that yeah. you just told that you said like, I'm going to tell another joke. You did, you gave this up and you ended. Yeah. Something that I think is, I mean, it really depends on what length of set you're talking about, but mm -hmm. something that's really hard to watch is a comic like falter at the end of a set and yeah. then try and jam in like a bunch of other minutes. No, no, no. It, I knew can't. how rude that would be. That's the one thing I don't like about, about, you know, watching other comedians go over their times. Just like, you have, I, it's, it's just that one thing that like, you know, you could leave and you're not going to be, nobody's going to fault you for having not ended the set perfectly. You know, sometimes we have bad sets, bad dismounts. It's incredibly hard to dismount well at, at the end of a show, even if the set's going really well. But, like, you know, there are people who will just keep giving you their whole set until something hits yeah. enough for them to feel okay and, and uh, you know and this it's show like, almost like the longer that goes sometimes I find that the, the more straining happens yeah and then it's like deeper and deeper versus yeah. just like hey I'm in a hole yeah. see you later like that sometimes can be really graceful I had the thought after it was just after I had to say fuck for like the third time and acknowledge that I hadn't remembered it that I was like okay now I'm just gonna say I'm gonna do a new joke make everybody feel nervous that they have to immediately jump back on board and then and just start over again and get out of there and hope that that's like a laugh line because that was if that if people didn't like that I was just gonna have to be like I have failed thanks <laughs> well you haven't failed and uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show thank you, you this was really again. still very fun you know what I love about this show first of all Danny Solomon right now for Danny What I love about this show is that uh, you get to see behind the curtain. We're just human beings. We make a lot of great points, but sometimes, whoopsie-daisy. And that happens to all comics. And it is like that moment of just, he did the right, he did, that was perfect. He did that just right. One more time for Danny Solomon. I think the only thing he could have possibly done that would have been better would be to just blame you guys. <laughs> when a comic does that. You guys are tight. What if he just forgot his joke in the middle and went, huh? You guys are tight. <laughs> oh, shit, that's great. God rest his soul, you know? Danny Solomon. One more round of applause. Danny Sullivan. Oh, man. So funny. And hey, uh, speaking of funny people, this next comic, also hilarious. Uh, you would know. Now, I've said, I've said a couple times in the show so far that this is a podcast, and I get what you guys are saying. Wait a minute, Cameron. I'm seeing you with my face, and I'm hearing you through my ears. So this seems like it's a live show. What if I told you it's a live show and a podcast? <laughs> It is, it is, it is, it is. So you could see this show now, and then you could be like, where did Danny lose it in the joke? Go home. <laughs> Pull it up and relive that moment. I know he will be for like two to three days. I've been there myself. He's going to sit bolt upright in his bed. Jesus! 
But if you like the show, please, uh, please uh, listen to the podcast, subscribe, and, and give us a little uh, rate and review. That helps us so much so that other people can find it and so that people can figure out how to come see us live. Okay, now I've said all of that. Who else has podcasts? Great comics. Pretty much every comic has podcasts. Not all of them are great. Great comics, great podcasts. This next dude, hilarious, also uh, has a little show called Professor Blastoff that you guys might like. Let's hear it now for David Huntsberger. Give it up for David. Thank you. Keep it going for Cameron. Thanks, guys. Just got to remember my jokes and things should go okay. You guys are very polite about that. Uh, I feel so bad uh, for him, but he handled it well. Then I'm just following up on that train of momentum. <laughs> uh, nice to see everybody out, happy and smiling. Uh, I know you see it a lot, but I don't think that is the natural state for the human being. We're a sad group by nature. And yet we're controlling the planet. It doesn't make sense. If you just saw the planet from afar and just the sheer number of babies we create every day, it'd be reasonable to assume that on the surface it was just people running around going, Hey, do you want to have sex? All right, terrific. Me too. How about you? Do you want to have sex? I'm in a great mood. All right, wonderful. You do too? Let's all have some sex. And it's not that at all. It's not even close to that. Instead, it's just people alone in their rooms, wrapped in blankets, like, uh, No one liked my video. <laughs> <laughs> on my birthday of all days. <laughs> and that spirit is dominating the planet. It might be our secret weapon. Other animals would like to have what we have, to be able to just come hang out in a room and laugh with one another. And they don't. They don't have that. Not even close. And it's hard to imagine them being as sad as we are. It's hard to picture a lion sitting around just like, oh, what's it all about? <laughs> just an endless cycle, man. Why do I even stay in it? I eat a zebra. Yeah, that feels great. But I'm just going to get hungry again. Just keeps coming around. They don't do. They don't have time to think about that. They're still too busy being part of the food chain. You got to worry about not becoming food and then also getting food. We're the only group that can just casually be like, "Ah, what do you want to eat tonight?" Other animals get eaten while they're still being killed. It's ruthless out there. That question to them is like, "Is today the day I eat my child?" We, we have it so comfortable. It's, it's cutthroat out there. There's a bird called the honey guide that will fly into other birds' nests, lay its own egg, and then fly away. And their egg hatches a little chick with a razor-sharp hooked beak that immediately upon birth just murders all the other eggs in the basket. <laughs> That's a fear that none of us have ever in, had to entertain. Nor will ever. No one will ever be at a hospital looking into the nursery... <laughs> just see one of the babies pop up with an oddly formed arm and just start attacking all the other kids. Like, oh, hey, whose kid is this? This kid sucks. This kid sucks. We'll never have to worry about that fear. And that chick has to do that the second it's born. We're not required to do anything. If we're just crying when we're born, everything's going okay. And then we get carried around for a year like luggage without anything expected of us. Those birds have to be ready the second they hit the ground, and most animals do. If you're a caribou or a buffalo, you have to be ready to go the second you hit the ground. And the first thing you hear is just, run, run. You're like, what? Run? I can barely stand. I just got here. What does run even mean? See those wolves? They hate us, and you're our worst player. Come on, follow us. Like, All right, give me a second. 
it's terrifying out there to be an animal. We can, we can just casually drop our phone into a lake and immediately with it, just instinctually reach in after it to grab it without any fear of what's in that water. Water is terrifying to a lot of other animals. You know, if you're a gazelle on the Serengeti, every sip of water you take pretty much in your entire life is just like, oh, please, not today. Oh, come on, I'm so thirsty. Please, just let me have a sip. Ah, oh, whose eyes are those? Damn it. Ah. This is brutal. And some people try to be part of the food chain, you know? They try to, oh, I don't just buy my food. I don't have it given to me. I go out and earn it. I hunt. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's just me. Me versus the animal. Me and my wits. And, of course, this weapon. <laughs> I feel like that tilts the scales in your favor a little bit. And I understand that's why we've gotten ahead, because we are smart enough to create tools and weapons. But it's also because at the same time, if we don't have them, we are pretty much useless against almost every other animal on the planet. Even just a mouse. If you were locked in a room alone with one and had to kill it, you'd just be like, well, I'm going to need a trap or something. (laughs) What am I going to do? The only things we can definitively defeat on our own are tiny insects, mosquitoes, spiders. We can beat them up. And we feel pretty good about ourselves when we do. We feel like we've been personally attacked. Like, what? Suck my blood? I don't think so, my friend. Not today. You picked the wrong fight today. The spider wasn't attacking you. It's just biting a mountain. <laughs> but then if it's anything bigger, we have to hunt it. You know, where you get to have the weapon, which is great. You get to dress up like the background. And then sound like its best friend. That's not fair at all. If aliens could come here and become invisible and sound like our best friends, we wouldn't treat them like the greatest hunters that ever lived if they killed us. If you're just sitting in your house from the other room, you heard, Hey. Hey. Where'd all this money come from? Who is in my house? You shot me. Who is it? It's me. I was dressed like the closet. (laughs) Pretty good, right? No, I trust my closet. Damn it. Uh, And then those aliens would have even more time to sit around and think and be even more depressed than us. Because I think that's where our sadness comes from. It's just too much time alone with the voice in our head. And I think that's why people wear earbuds when they go running. Because otherwise, it's just you alone with a voice that hates running. <laughs> just the second you leave your house, like, oh, that's far enough, right? What is that, a shin splint? What is that, Neuro- <laughs> pneumonia? I can feel that coming in. We don't want to chance that. What do we head back? Well, that's a mile already. That's good. Well, it's a little cold out here. Like, this will shut you up. But, uh, <laughs> maybe you don't have that voice in your head. I don't know. Other people have worse voices and... Everyone's got a brain that just needs a little bit of tinkering, I guess. I think that's why medication's so popular. Everyone's just looking for just a little adjustment, just a little soma pill that's going to make everything better. We haven't found it yet, but luckily for most of us, there is medication. Some people have brains that are so terrible, they do not even make medication for them. They have horrible brains. Rapists, serial killers, pedophiles. Their brains are so horrible that they get them to commit acts that not only they don't want to do, society does not want them to go do that. They still go do it. That's a lot of persuasion from your brain. Like most of us, our brains can't get us to do things we want to do. Your brain's just like, go to the gym. You're like, yeah, that's a good idea. Nah, okay. And that's the end of that discussion. 
your brain is such a pussy. He's like, oh, I thought I'd throw it out there. Do what you want. You know where the ice cream is. <laughs> so how loud does your brain have to be yelling at you to get you to commit some of those acts? Because most of those acts involve steps along the way that no one wants to do. Getting up off your couch and leaving your house. Getting your car and driving it over some stranger's yard and hiding in their bushes and lurking all night. No one wants to lurk. That's not on anyone's list of things to do during the day. Like, well, I get up, I'll lurk a little bit. Ah, it's only if I knock out all this stuff. I guess I gotta hustle, but uh, I'll lurk. <laughs> No, that's just your brain all day long. Like, get him off the couch. Go do something terrible. Buy a knife. I want to see a 10-year-old's asshole. Ah! All right, I'm going to leave you with that. And enjoy your night. That's my thing. I didn't even realize, but twice tonight, I've gone ahead and riled up some men that were, that were, I wasn't, uh, okay, anyway. Um, hey, we got one final guest on the show. Now, here is why this is me such a treat. She's a producer on the show. We love her at this show. One of my favorite comics in the whole dang world. Ms. Rhea Butcher is here. Let's hear for Rhea Butcher. Come on. <laughs> What? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Um, now, we've been debating during the show yes. what's going to go on right now. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. number one, who's got the best jean jacket? <laughs> we've been debating. Actually, during yeah. most of the show, we've been like, who's got the best? We've been whispering that to each other. It's kind of a production thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also, there's a, there's a uh, third arm. There's a third arm on this little weird body. <laughs> That produces Mr. Ryan McMenamin in the booth. Makes us sound so wonderful. We love yeah. we love it when he's around. He looks great in headphones. You wouldn't believe how he looks in headphones. So Perfect. good. Classy. Calm. Uh, now, we've been debating what's going to happen right now. Because you might tell jokes, we might tell a story. Who's to say? Uh, do you want to do let's story first? Yeah, let's do the story first. And then into some jokes? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Guys, look at this. This is hard. See how this, you're watching like a real thing happen in front of you. We were walking. We were walking on, uh, what day was it, Saturday? I believe so, yes. We were walking on Saturday. And we were walking uh, right down a busy street. Nobody else around. Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, Sunset Sunset Boulevard. Uh, It's a really paint you a picture. We're on Sunset Boulevard. And um, we we were wearing these outfits. (laughs) These are the outfits we wear. Except I had a little tiny hat on my head. You had a little hat. A little hat. driver cap, little you know? Hat. Newspaper boy cap. Like a chimney sweep. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> yeah, like he's sweeping your chimney with One some of those. newspapers. Yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, buy this or that. You know, he sells something. Or she. Uh, she had case. one of those hats. And uh, then we walked up to a gentleman. There was a gentleman on the yes. street. And he said, um, is that your hair or your hat? Which is a weird thing to say. <laughs> Because he was pretty close to us. Yeah. I mean... He, is that your hair or your hat? Is that then, your hair or your hat? Then he answered it. Is that your hair or your hat? Oh, it's, oh, it's hat. your hat. <laughs> I love to share in someone's internal dialogue. Is that your hair or your hat? Oh, it's your oh, hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he goes, great hat. Yeah. Which begs the question, what would he have said if it was her hair? <laughs> Shitty hair. <laughs> but great hat. If that had been a hat, decent hat. But your hair, boo. Dumb hair, good hat. You know what they always say? Hats don't 
make hair. Good. Yeah. You can make a hat from hair. Hair hat. You can wear that. So that guy said that. Then we had to. Then the light was changing. Uh, and so we had to stop for a second. So yes. we're next to this hat dude. Just like, this guy's got... Hat guy. Yeah. The mad hatter, if you will. Yeah, he was... Well, you know, we were mad at him. Exactly. Bringing up hats. When he should have just shut his goddamn mouth. Yeah. But, um... Is that your hair or your hat? Oh, it's your hair. And then he said, Hey. Are you guys lesbians together? I'm sorry. I have to correct you, Cameron. What did he say? He said, Is that your hair or your hat? Oh, it's your hair. Are you guys girlfriends? Yeah, he said, are you guys girlfriends? Oh, you're girlfriends. That's That's hot. hot. That was his whole, that's his paragraph. (sighs) Is that your hair or your hat? Oh, it's your hat. You you guys guys girlfriends? girlfriends? That's hot. (laughs) And in that moment, I want you to know, I said, I don't give a fuck what you think is hot. And then you said, I said, nobody gives a shit who... Anybody thinks it's hot. Why would I care what you think is hot? You don't even know the difference between a hat and a hair. I said, this is none of your business. This is none of your goddamn business. And then we crossed the street. We crossed the street. Now, here's the thing. That moment was huge for both of us. Big deal. I'm 32. He's 31. Yep. 63 years of experience. To bring us to that moment where we said just the right thing. He said exactly what we meant. Because sometimes people say stuff to you on the street, and then you walk, and you're like, oh, we should have told him we don't care. She said it was none of his business. We don't give a shit what he thinks is. But you think of it three blocks later. But that night, hat hair guy had primed us, and all of our experience came together. And we said, we said, shut up. (laughs) No one wants to know if they're hot or not. Certainly not from you, stranger. And we high-fived. That's, ha- that's what happened. We walked Across around, we went straight. That was exactly we went... what we should have said. And we just high five. <laughs> you just don't get to have those no. moments very often. You yeah, really thank don't. You. Yeah. you don't get to have those moments very often. You know, so often it's like, are you guys girlfriends? That's hot. Yeah, I know. It's fine. <laughs> it's usually how it goes. Yeah, I'm usually like, oh, do you want to, what do you want to do? <laughs> We're on the street. You want to get busy? I'm a lesbian, I wouldn't be into it, but for you. (laughs) I always, you know, that's how you get, I don't know if you guys know this, this is a weird thing men don't seem to understand. I tell men this all the time. If you want to get with a lesbian, go up to her in a public place, outside. (laughs) Tell her you're categorically into lesbians. That shit works every time. Every time. I've never had that not work. Not one time. I have had sex with so many men on the street. Yeah. Grocery shopping, grabbing coffee, hanging out with your mom. Sometimes my mom's friends do say that. (laughs) Um, My mom's always like, I agree. (laughs) Oh, what? You don't think my mom is into lesbians? Fuck you. Super into lesbians. So that was that was a real treat. Yeah, it was a real treat. Um, do you wanna do you wanna tell any jokes or do you wanna just go with another story? Stick I mean, to you. do you have a story? 
on, on deck? I, I have a story about the best time that that ever happened to me. Well, I think you should go with that story. Okay. You can add some color commentary. Yeah, I'll add I used to live in Chicago. Windy City. One time. <laughs> One time I was walking out of a bar. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. The bar was closing. That's really late. It was late. <laughs> the gentleman in front of me, as I was walking out of the bar, he turned to his left, he turned to his right, he crested for a moment in the, in, the, in the moonlight. And then he fell directly on his face. That shit hurts. Yeah. He knocked himself clean out. He was bleeding from the head. I know. Tough stuff. Now, here's the thing. I'm a helper. So when I saw him laying there, I called 911. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> street was so drunk at this point that they were just looking at their phones just like, oh, is there just something I need to do for this guy? Hello, pizza? Like, I could tell that if I didn't if I didn't, if I didn't step up and be a hero, that guy wasn't gonna make it. You're gonna bleed out right there on Belmont Avenue. Local reference. I was waiting for the police to arrive and I was with my ex-girlfriend, who's oh, worse than you. Disgusting. Oh, word, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you and good night. No, that's not... Which one are you? You couldn't resist? <laughs> Which one are you? Did you? <laughs> oh. I couldn't resist. That's what he said. You know what I say to you, sir? I can. <laughs> I can resist you forever. What do you do for a living? What do you do? You work. That's a manly job. Fucking dudes, you know? Working. That's what I hate about men. They work too much. You know what I do for a living? I menstruate. Yeah. That's why I'm into her. It's closer to the earth. We always catch Rhea's periods when she has them. We go, that's not a baby we're having. That's not a baby we're having. That's a baby we're not having. Eh. All right, workshopping. Um, I was waiting there in the cold, two o'clock in the morning, on a busy street in Chicago, and a gentleman skated up on a skateboard. It Hang was ten. A, what? Hang ten. <laughs> it was the middle of the night. It was cold. He was skating down the middle of the street. Dangerous. And he stopped right near me and my ex, and he popped his board for a second. And he looked at me and goes, Did you just call 911 for a stranger? <laughs> he said, Yeah. He goes, 
You're a good person. <laughs> I said, thanks. Sweet. He said, is that your girlfriend? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, do you think the three of us could, um... <laughs> seamlessly transitioning the conversation <laughs> into a proposition for a threesome. Disgusting. And optimistic. <laughs> I love thinking about him. Now, you used to skate. Oh, yeah. Is that how you say it? You used to board. <laughs> you used to hang ten. You used yeah. to skate, yeah. rip it up, grind, stuff like that. Yeah, you used to rip it up and shred. And I don't know what mental faculties go into skateboarding because I've never been a skateboarder. Quite but a I like to think, when he was rolling down the street, he took a moment to assess the situation. He said, oh, what's going on here? Two lesbians that committed a relationship and a guy bleeding out on the sidewalk? Now's my moment! <laughs> what, are we in a public place? Are we in a busy street? Is it the middle of the night? Are we in Chicago? Is it freezing cold? Are the police going to arrive at any moment? Fantastic! Are there bodily fluids available from a third party that wouldn't even be involved? A fourth party that wouldn't even be involved? Perfect. We did it. Yeah. How did you guys get there? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, I got on the I got on his shoulders. Yeah. And she stood in front. All on the skateboard. On the skateboard. <laughs> we got right out of there. We got right on that skateboard. We didn't do it. Well, one time I told that story and I said we did it and there was a guy in the audience he said does that really work? <laughs> Much like you, sir. <laughs> and the answer, uh, and I believe, Rhea, you're the one to deliver the answer, is... Nope. Nope. <laughs> Does not work. Nope. We're going to go home together. On our skateboard. After we've saved a life. <laughs> Yeah, on her skateboard. On my skateboard. On Rhea's skateboard. We got nope. our own skateboard. We don't need your dicks. We don't need your boards. <laughs> dicks, not dicks. Yeah. Thank you very much. Dicks, not dicks, as we always say. Please pick up our Dicks, not dicks t-shirts on your way out. That's Rhea Butcher. I'm Cameron Esposito. This has been our show. Let's hear for everybody you saw tonight. Let's put your hands together. We're here every Tuesday night at the UC Theater. Thank you so much for coming out, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. Hey! 
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.